0: Uh, I like the idea that the Bible is chaos. Uh, That's kind of how we uh, see it every once in a while, isn't it? We're not quite sure. We know there's good stuff in there, but we don't know exactly how to get it. Um, I think one of the things about the way that we are living these days is that a lot of things feel chaotic. Does anyone else feel that around here? Is it just me, a little bit of chaos? Um, So this morning, I love that you guys have put aside this time to be together, and to learn more about Jesus. But this morning, or actually this early afternoon, we get to head back into the real world, into our own chaos of friends and family, maybe some uh, dirty houses, I don't know. And for those of us that are sitting here, for some of us, that's exciting. Yay, get to go home. And for the rest of us, it makes us feel a little tired. I don't know. Is anyone else taking a nap after this afternoon? (laughs) It's just the old people. Okay. (laughs) I'm just going to pray and bring our chaos to the Lord, and then we'll get started. Jesus, I just thank you so much for everybody that's here. God, I thank you for the time that they've set aside to be together with each other and to hear from you, Lord, and I pray that we would hear from you in this last session, God, that you would bring peace to our hearts, that you would look at the chaos of our lives, and that you would enter it. And we just thank you in advance for what you're doing in each of our hearts and minds. In your name, amen. Um, When we speak Jesus into our own lives and into the lives of those that are around us, we're not only speaking hope and grace over our lives, but we're actually supposed to be speaking peace and rest. Did you guys know that? That's another one of Jesus' names is the Prince of Peace. And so I thought I'm going to send you home with a scripture today to remind you of the peace and rest that you can have in Jesus. And that is Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I'll read that one more time. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. rest. Rejuvenation, replenishment. And um, I'm just here this morning saying I need to learn about that as much as you do. So let's kind of figure this out together. Here's this amazing invitation from the creator of the universe. And he wants to give us peace and rest. So let's dig into that verse a little bit deeper. And I kind of like, I don't know about you, but when I'm trying to remember things, I like to think in terms of pictures. So I'm going to give you guys some word pictures this morning to take home with you. And if you want, you can sketch out a little stick figure or picture in your journal to remind you when you're going back home about what God has for you. Um, The first sentence or the little little three-word command that it gives us is come to me. And that sounds easy enough, doesn't it? Come to me, Um, unless the person that you're saying it to is a two-year-old. Have you ever tried to get a two-year-old to come to you? It's a job, guys. Um, I remember when my little guys were two that I was always saying that, come over here, come here right now, come, come. And like we would... Did you ever do this run? I don't know. Um, They're always so much faster. They always get away. Their legs are tiny. They're super fast. I don't know how it works, but they always win. And my second son, Will, he just never would calm down. Like, he just was moving all the time. Always on the run. He always had places that he needed to go, things he needed to do. Kind of like on the brink of death, like, at all times. So you had to be on top of him. And he would be exhausted. He would be crying and melting down. And he would still be running from me. Um, But I knew if I didn't get him to take a nap, that he was gonna be a wreck, and then if he was a wreck, I was gonna be a wreck. So it's pretty selfish, but I just wanted him to lay down. And so the only way that I could get Will to nap is if I would catch him and I would put him in a sleeper hold. Like I'd get his little shoulders here and his little legs here, and then I'd back into the rocking chair and sit down and start rocking him, and he would be fighting with his little legs and his little arms, and he would cry, and then slowly and Surely, I would feel him start to relax um, in my arms, and then I would rock him and he'd fall asleep, and he was so cute, and I would kiss his face. And um, they're so cute when they're asleep, aren't they, guys? <laughs> like, just stay that way. Um, I'm not saying that this is all of you, but I think a lot of you are like Will um, that Jesus is saying, Come to me, and you are on the run, you're a little exhausted. But you have got things that you have got to get done. You have things that you want to do. And it's not that we don't like Jesus and that we don't want to come to him. But, um, you know, we're we're pretty important, you know. And when we're coming to Jesus, we're actually saying, you're the one who's in charge. Because he's standing there asking us to be the ones to come. And we actually like to be in charge. When we come to him, we're admitting he's the one who's in charge. We can't sit long enough to just hear what he wants to say to us in his presence, um, and sometimes I don't know if you guys are like me, but even if our bodies are still and like we've we're like i'm gonna sit and hang out with Jesus, my mind is still moving. Do you guys do that um I'll I'll be praying and then all of a sudden I'll be like and I need all the things for guacamole like it'll just all of a sudden like go into some other area and um, I actually have started typing out my prayers because then my body is moving in conjunction with my mind and because um, otherwise we're having a lot of guacamole I guess so um, but we we can't stop moving and it this is not new this has been taking. This has been going on for centuries. David talks about the Lord as his shepherd, his caretaker, the one who's trying to get him to rest. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters, and he restores my soul. Did you guys hear that verb in there? He makes me lie down in green pastures? Like, that is a sleeper hold if I have ever heard one, right? Right? Um, He's not saying, could you come gently and lie down? Or I think it would be a good idea if you took a rest. He makes him lie down. Because I think David probably, as being the king of a nation, was pretty busy on the run, and Jesus knew that he needed a nap. Why does he make him lie down? How does the rest of that verse go? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters so that he can restore my soul. So, he's not trying to get him to lay down for himself. He's doing it for David so that he can restore him and give him what he needs. I think it would be good for us to stop running so hard and let Jesus get us in a sleeper hold. Um, Henry Nouwen says a life without a lonely place that is without a quiet center becomes destructive. So, if we don't have those quiet moments with Jesus, we are like Will, we start becoming a wreck right? We have to have those moments with him. He sees us running like an exhausted two-year-old, and Jesus is like, get over here. I need to tell you how much I love you. I need you to take a minute and breathe, and I want to flood you with my peace. I want to sing over you. I want to restore you. I want to help you rest. And so I love that picture of um, being a little child held in the arms of Jesus as we're thinking about rest. And so you if you want, you can either write that down or you can draw it Some of you, that might be hard. It would be hard for me. I don't know how you draw that, but I just think it's really good for our minds to have something to hold on to. Jesus wants to get you in a sleeper hold and restore your soul. The second part of the verse tells us who the people are that he's inviting. He says, all you who are weary and burdened, So in other scriptures or in other translations, it says heavy laden. So people who are weighed down, the people who are weighed down, that's who he's inviting. And um, I remember my son Jack's first day of high school, it was different. There were lockers. He wasn't going to have all of his books, um, you know, just with his desk. He had to carry things from class to class. And when he got out of the car that first day, Like, I was like, he's going to pull a hamstring. Like, it was, I had never seen so many binders and books, like, in a single backpack. And he was kind of hunched over and looking wild. And I just thought, that that is not going to go well. And I am saying that to you today, that we all have these giant backpacks with our worries and cares that we are carrying around, and we're hunched over a little because we're thinking about it a lot, and it's not going to go well if we keep hanging on to all of that stuff. All the things that we're worrying about, um, the things that are hurting us, the things that we can't fix, even our hopes and dreams, right? Like when we're wanting something so bad, it's not even just the bad things, it's the good things that we're thinking about all the time. And um, sometimes some of us like to carry it all through the day and then we like to carry it at night too and we call that insomnia for those of you who like to think about all the things in the nighttime. And the problem is, is that we're actually not strong enough to carry all the things that we care about because we care about so much. But there's someone who is, in Psalm 55:22. it says, cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. And then in 1 Peter, Peter says it again, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. In the message version, I love this way, it says, live carefree before God because he is so careful with you. Isn't that cool? We can live carefree before God because he is full of our cares. He's taking those on for us. Um, I think the operative word in both of these verses is cast. Now, I'm not a fisher woman. But I know when you're casting a line, you are throwing it out far. It is far away from your body. And so Jesus, when when we're talking about casting our cares, I just get the picture of like a pitcher, like you are chucking things at Jesus. Like you are getting them as far away from you as possible. A lot because I think if they're too close to us, if we don't cast them far away, we like to pick them up again and put them back in our backpack. You know, we'll be like... Jesus I'm going to give you this and then I'm going to take it back and then I'm going to think about it all day long (laughs) and um, I think every time that you talk to Jesus that you pray you actually have an opportunity to share your life with him it says in Psalms he delights in the details of our lives isn't that so cool so it's the little things and the big things whatever is in your mind that's what he wants in on each time we take a hope or a care or a plan to Jesus and we offer it to him and we relinquish it, he takes it on. And he actually has like all the things to give us what we need, right? I think when we are worried, when we're anxious, when we're fearful and thinking about things, it's because we know if we're the one who has to figure it out, we've got nothing. And Jesus has everything. Nothing is impossible with him. So if we're willing to relinquish that to him, um and that can be a moment by moment basis guys if we're really stressed out or worried about something it's you're not going to get in trouble for every time you think of it just saying Jesus I'm going to I'm going to give this to you again you know it's a, a, like the grace thing it's not a one and done let's keep talking to him let's invite him in to these moment by moment times that we're having where things are stressing us out or worrying us um so the second picture is come to Jesus share your heart with him do get your throwing arm going and start chucking those things towards him um and the last line of the verse so it's come unto me all you who are weary and heavy laden and i will give you rest i will give you rest so there's two conditions before the rest comes right we have to come to him we have to give him all the stuff and then he's going to give us rest and so um I don't know about you, like, what is it that you think of, what would be your most restful day that you could ever think of, right? Like, just picture that in your mind. Like, for me, it's like some kind of spa treatment, and there's lavender involved, and everyone's wearing white, you know? (laughs) And so um, this is a problem, because um, at my house, nothing smells like lavender, and no one wears white. And uh, I don't live in a spa, I live in a house with boys, even the animals are boys, and so it smells nothing like lavender. <laughs> and so my wa- my life is like so unpredictable and wild that I'm thinking of this verse like, how how am I going to have rest in this moment, you know? The things that go down with me, I think God likes to have things happen so that I'll have good stories to share with other people, Um, but one of the things, this will give you like just a little picture of what my life feels like. I was going for a speaking engagement at my friend Renee's church in Oklahoma City, and this was a few years ago, and I flew into the airport. It was a little bit of a bumpy landing, but totally fine. And I get down to go pick up my bags, and Renee is in the baggage claim area. And I was like, okay, Oklahoma people are way nicer than California people. Like, I whip up to, like, the baggage claim. I'm like, hop in. They're making us go. You know, it's like the quick thing. And so I just told her, I was like, you are so nice. You did not have to come into the airport and meet me. And she was like, well, actually, um, Sue, I did. And I was like, why? And she's all, well, there's a tornado. And I was like, "What? What do you mean? There's a tornado? I'm like here, like right now." <laughs> and she was like, "It's coming." And I was like, "What are you prophetic? Like, what in the world is going on?" And I didn't know everyone in Oklahoma has little like tornado trackers on their phone because it's Tornado Alley, and they knew it was coming. And she's like, "It's going to be totally fine." She's like, "All that we're going to do is we're going to evacuate down into the tunnels underneath the airport, um, you know, and we'll just stay there until it passes over." It's going to be great. I'm just looking at her like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, this is total madness. And so um, anyway, I was like, OK, we'll, we'll do whatever. Well, so we're down in these tunnels. Oh, and she was like, this is the safest place to be. And I just felt like, no, no, it's not. California is the safest place to be <laughs> right now. And so uh, we evacuate. There's probably like 1,000 people down in these tunnels. We're waiting. And she's all, it's usually like a half an hour. Then we'll be able to go back up. Well, it wasn't a half an hour, and so everybody's checking their phones. All the Oklahomans are checking their phone. I'm sending texts out, pray for us, guys. Like, we're, there's something coming. Like, I'm just texting random people. Like, who can I find on my phone that will pray? And so um, we end up ending up stay, staying down there two hours. And at one point got a text, there's a tornado on the runway right now. Like, so just stay down. I mean, it wasn't even like a tornado far away. It was like right there. And so I just looked at Renee and I said, you know what? I'm going to watch your face. And if you're not scared, I won't be scared. Because she's been through the drill, you know, like a million times. And I also asked her, I said, um, because I was supposed to stay in a hotel. And I said, is there a tornado shelter at that hotel? And she said, no, people just go into the hallways. And I was like, I am staying at your house. (laughs) And so, like, poor Sean. So I ended up staying with Renee in her room. And, like, her husband got kicked out. (laughs) And so, but back to the tunnels, it takes us two hours, and all I had was like a bag of almonds, or I should say almonds, because I know, guys, that's how you're supposed to say them. And we went through those pretty fast, and I was just looking at Renee. So they finally let us come back up, and all of the, like, restaurants had shut down by this time. And there was this one guy who was, like, throwing away, like, the day's muffins. And um, my, I've never seen her naked angry, but she was super mad. She was like, just give us the muffins, man. And he was like, I can't. It's against our policy. And she's like, I will pay you for the muffins. Like, we were so hungry. And so we started laughing after she got angry. And then we, went, we found Cheez-Its in a vending machine. So we made it okay. We're getting ready to leave, and they evacuate us for a second time down into the tunnels. So, um, because there's more tornadoes coming because they love them over there. And so, anyway, I'm still watching Renee's face. I'm still looking at her like, this is crazy, right? Like, this is crazy. And so, um, by the time we get out, I think I landed it too. We get out around like, from the tunnels around 8 o'clock at night. And, but we still can't go home. Because in Oklahoma, not only are there tornadoes, but there's like hail. And there's flash flooding. So it's like Armageddon over there, you guys. I don't know if you were thinking about moving. Pray, pray about it. I don't know. So, um, so she was like, she tells me there's golf salt, like golf ball sized hail, and I was like, you have sizes. For hail? And she was like, it's totally fine. Like, there's quarter, there's penny, there's tennis ball. And I was like, tennis ball? Like, what in the world? And she was like, I guess you're never going to live here, huh? And I was like, Not, no, never. Like, you've got to be kidding me. So we go up to the car to charge our phones, because our phones are dying by this time. And you can still hear tornado sirens going off everywhere. And I was just like, are you sure we're OK? And she was like, yes, we're totally fine. And it had told us over the radio, don't drive there's flash flooding and she was like you know the whole thing turn around don't drown and I was like no I don't know the whole thing turn around don't drown I was like I live in California it's a light mist at most like we've been in a drought for seven years like I've never seen that much water before and so her face is still you know it's still good we took a picture she's like let's take a selfie that'll be so fun and I'm like yeah that's not so fun so she takes the picture she's smiling and I'm like (laughs) Like I just look like and her friends she put it on Facebook and they were dying laughing. They're like, she's so scared, right? And she's like, yeah, she is so scared. And so um, as we're sitting charging our phones on the radio comes this announcement. Please do not leave your homes at this time. A tornado has hit um, the animal sanctuary. There are lions, tigers, and bears on the loose. And I just look at her and Renee just starts dying. Like, she was like, oh, my gosh. She's like, I could make it through the tornado and the hail and the flash flooding, but I've got nothing for lions and tigers and bears. I was just like, oh, my Lord. I'm never coming to speak at your church again. And so we made it home safe. It all worked out. But I think there are a few of us here that we're heading back into real life, and it feels a little bit like Tiger NATO is going down. And we've got nothing, right? Um, When life is wild, how can we actually be expected to find rest? Um, And I think Jesus gives us a picture of that in the Gospels. He's had this huge long day of ministry. He's speaking, and he tells his disciples, you know, let's go across to the other side of the lake, and let's get out of here. And he is wiped out. He is exhausted. So he falls asleep. It says in Mark 4, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? I mean, they have got to be freaking out, right? And these are people who are on boats a lot. So I'm thinking it must have been crazy, right? Because they probably managed a lot up until this point. So he got up, rebuked the wind, said to the waves, quiet, be still. And then the wind died down. It was completely calm. He asked the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still not have faith? And it says in the Bible, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and waves obey him. So when the storm was going, they were scared. When Jesus stopped the storm, they were terrified because of how powerful he was. Like, who is this? How can he even do it? Um, And I always think, like, how could Jesus stay asleep when that was going down? And then I just think it's because he knew he was in charge. Like, he had all the power. He actually knew beforehand that he could stop the wind and the waves. So for him, maybe it was like a rocking sensation or something, you know, soothing him as he's sleeping. The people who didn't understand and recognize who he was were so scared. And then when they recognized just a little smidgen of the power he held, they were terrified, but in a good way, because we don't actually know the power that God can unleash in our lives. We don't actually know when we're in a storm, like what he can come in with and how he can help us. Um, And I think sometimes I think, yeah, but they had Jesus back then. You know, we don't really have. He's not here. I mean, he's here, but he's not here. And um, I think one thing that's so important to remember this morning is that the Holy Spirit is here who can move and work in each and every one of our lives. And then also, he has a stand-in. He has a secret weapon. It's called the body of Christ. We're actually the physical representation, the people who are supposed to show up in the storms. Did you guys know that? Isn't that crazy to think of? Like all of us together. It's not just one of us, because then it's like an armpit showing up or something. Like we need all the parts of the body to show up, right, when someone's going through a storm. Um, In Galatians 6, 2, it says, carry one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And the law of Christ is what? It's not the Ten Commandments. It's that overarching, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, soul, and mind and strength, and then what? Love your neighbor as yourself. So how we become Jesus is when we're loving our neighbor as ourself and we're carrying one another's burdens. Now, I think, and I, I maybe I'm not alone in this, a lot of us get really nervous when other people are going through storms. We don't really know how to help out. You know, we, we don't want to, like, step on anyone's toes. We don't want to say dumb things because when we've been in storms, other people have said dumb things, and we don't want to be that person, you know. And we, we don't want to assume that they need something from us. Um, we don't want to bother people when they're in pain, you know, because we don't know what they need. And, um, but I like that storm picture again. You know, like in the olden days when it's the big ship and the water's coming over the bow or the ship is going down, what do the sh- sailors do? You guys know? Like a lot of times they get rid of extra weight. They threw that over the side. And then if the ship starts going down, they all start bailing out, right? They're all working together as a team. They bail out so that the person doesn't go down. And if we don't show up for each other, people are going to go down, guys. And so let's look, think back about that, Care, carry one another's burdens. Because we just heard that Jesus doesn't want us to have burdens, right? So what does that mean? I think it means we show up and we start chucking. We start chucking prayers to God. Like that one person cannot handle that on their own. They need us to show up and start praying with them and reaching out to our other friends who are prayer warriors and like to pray or even ones that don't like to pray and just be like, can you talk to the God of the universe about this person that's struggling and just add your prayers to mine, right? So we are not we are not taking other people's cares and concerns, which I feel like we do A lot for the people we love and putting them in our backpack we are offering them up to Jesus so that they can get the help and the care that they need in his presence and also I think one thing talking to the other sailors about like what's going on in that person's storm actually doesn't help anybody right like a prayer session is not a gossip session like oh my gosh did you hear what just went down let's pray (laughs) you know I mean, I think if you want to be who Jesus is, you are showing up in that space. There's less talking and there's more doing. And some of us are thinking, maybe you're thinking like, well, I don't really know how to help. Like, I know I have a good friend that's going through something, but I actually don't know how to help them at all. But this is the cool thing about being in the body of Christ. You don't actually have to do it all. Because we all have different gifts or abilities that we can offer. So it's not your responsibility, your singular responsibility to get one person through the storm. It takes a team for that person, right? And so um, some of us are really good at making amazing meals. And sometimes something as simple as dropping off a meal it can just like free up space for people to breathe. You know, They don't have to think about that today if they're going through something really difficult. And um, if you're not ma- good at making meals, do not bring a meal, OK? <laughs> that is not a gift. So, don't do it. Bring a doordash gift card. That is a gift. right? Like there are certain things that you do and it's just natural to you, and you know that you have that ability. Do those things and for those people, um my friend so Jenny, our friend from college, Anita, just is going through chemo for um cancer, and one of the things that her church set up for her or her her group of friends is that. For the next six months, they have decided to text a word of encouragement. They'll have 31 people every day. They have a day where they're going to text Anita either a scripture or a song or a word of encouragement so that every day she's getting something, knowing that she's not alone in what she's going through. She doesn't have to write back. She just knows that someone's praying for her that day. Is that not the coolest idea, you guys? How many texts do we send in a day? Wouldn't it be so awesome that one of those is, like, just encouraging someone who's having a hard time? And um, I think, too, one of the things that we think is when someone has, have it, has a big problem, we have to fix it. We have to know how to fix it. And a lot of times we don't know how to fix it or there's not an actual solution. And I think taking over a coffee and just being there can be enough. Because usually people are not asking you for advice when they're going through something. They just need your presence to be there, and, um, or for, if you know people who have kids, um, if you offer, like, to just come over and watch kids for two hours, oh my word, you guys, that's so huge, and, like, you can just put on, like, a movie or something, you know, you don't have to be that creative, you know, and just be like, why don't you go take a walk, or why don't you go get something, you know, um, it doesn't have to be these huge monumental things, but if each of us are doing little things for people, what would that look like? And that, don't you want to be that person for someone or, or have those people in your life too so that you can know, like, I've got your back. Um, you've got my back, you know. And um, here's the thing. Jesus wants to give us peace and rest, but he wants us to be ushering in peace and rest for the people who are around us too. That's part of what we get to do when, um, when we love him. And so, because I think when two or three agree, In his name, right, it says his presence is there. He's there. So when we group up, when we start praying together, it gets more powerful, you guys. I mean, two or three is good, but what about 20 or 30? Like, how awesome is that? So much better. Um, I think that here, Jesus knows the storms that are brewing in your life right now, like whether it's your schooling, your career, your family whatever it is um, he already knows what's coming he's already looking ahead in advance to the people that he can put around you to surround you in your storms he already knows it he already has it going on um, when like I said this trip has been in the making for so long and um, two weeks ago I'm gonna try and tell this without crying but um, some good friends of ours I've known the mom since she was 13 she was one of the nice girls to me when i started dating scott and she was one of the youth kids so she would come and sit by me and they she and her husband actually ended up being a part of our church plant and so um last sunday when i was or no two sundays ago when i was on my way back from my speaking engagement i got a text that they they have three boys just like we do their oldest is Riley and he's 12 and um and he had passed away and so i I think it just took us out. It took, and it's taken them out. It's taken them out, you know? Um, they're the the people that have, that love Jesus so much, and you just think, well, this doesn't make, this makes zero sense, right? Like we were talking about, this makes zero sense. And so um, I didn't know that I was going to be able to be, to see Amy this week, but Jesus knew that. He knew that we were going to get to come see Scott flew out for the memorial service. And um, it, when they spoke, it was just so powerful. You could tell that God was, um, was working. But the body of Christ that has risen up around them has been so massive and so beautiful to watch, like, from all different sides. And they've said that. They've said they can't believe, like, how many people are coming around them and supporting them in this moment. And I think... Um, so this morning when when it was during the break and it was prayer time, I haven't been sleeping that good because I keep waking up and I keep praying for for my friends. And I think Jesus does that, right? Like, he's like, I'll tag you, it's your turn, we need some more <laughs> people praying. And so um, I haven't been sleeping that great. And so Julie came up here to pray and stood up here and I was like, well, no one's coming to a yeah, prayer, I'll come stand with her, you know. And then um, we started talking, and she just asked how I was sleeping, and then I started crying because, you know, that's what we do. And uh, and then I looked at her, and I was like, I think I was supposed to come up for prayer. <laughs> oh like, I thought, like, I'm, I'm going to support her standing up here, and she's like, oh, girl, you need some prayer this morning. <laughs> and I think, like, Jesus not only cares about what's going on for the people going through storms, he cares about the people who are helping the people in the storms. He's going to take care of them too. He's big enough to love all of us and to take care of us and to put our names on other people's hearts so that we can support each other. And um, I just think today when we go out of here, it can be like with a sense of joy of knowing who God is, right? Because I, none of us would say, I am living the perfect life that I always thought I would live, right? We're, we're all thinking, like, well, I don't, I wasn't planning on this or, you know, whatever. And sometimes we, it knocks us out of balance and we're just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how, how I'm going to make it through this. How am I going to get the wisdom? How am I going to get the finances? How am I going to all these different things? And Jesus is already taking care of it. He's already in charge. He's the one who has all the power. And he can surround us with his presence this morning. And so I just wanted to end our talk today on this note of, like, joy and hope in the fact that we know the creator of the universe. We know the one who has all this stuff, right? And he brings it to bear on our behalf every single day. We may not see it. We may not feel it. But he's working right now and he wants you to know specifically not just us as a group but you individually he sees you here this morning he knows what's going on in your mind he knows what's going on in your heart he sees your emotions he sees the hopes that you have and the dreams that you're not even telling anybody because they seem crazy so you don't want to tell anybody but he sees them he's recognizing them and he's put them in you he he is building out a plan for you right now and you don't have to think that it's you showing up on your own every day taking care of business. He has you. He wants to give you rest. So we're going to listen to this song, Sufficient, and then we're just going to take it in, take in the joy of knowing that he's the one who's in charge.